I would ask you to open your Bible to the book of Judges, chapter 13. Judges, chapter 13. We, we made our way through the book of Psalms. And so now we're just going to kind of journey through some different passages in the Bible, different prayers of the Bible, that we may echo those prayers and make them our own. And we have a wonderful one here to, uh, this morning in Judges, chapter 13. So the Old Testament book of Judges. Uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, and then Judges. So if you haven't been to Judges in a while, it's towards the front. Judges chapter 13. Contained in the book of Judges, we find this, uh, it's a pendulum swinging back and forth between uh, the people of God, Israel, proclaiming their faithfulness and their willingness to do all that God has commanded, and yet uh, a slippery slope into apostasy where God then sends them into judgment, or pours out His judgment, and sends them uh, into captivity. And then God raises up a judge to, to help bring them. And so there's this, this back and forth uh, of, of the people of God proclaiming their faithfulness to God, and then yet living unfaithfully, and God raising up a deliverer to, to free them from the punishment that He's executed on them. And as we come to Judges chapter 13 this morning, once again, Israel is guilty of apostasy. They have proclaimed with their lips their faithfulness to the Lord, yet their lives have drifted away from Him. And so in judgment, God has given them over to the Philistines for some 40 years. And now in Judges chapter 13, God is raising up another judge. This one is Samson, I believe the 12th of the judges. He's raising up Samson to ultimately deliver his people from the Philistines. And here in Judges chapter 13, we have the birth announcement of this coming judge, Samson. Judges chapter 13, verse 1. And the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord gave them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the tribe of the Danites, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore be careful and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. And then the woman came and told her husband, A man of God came to me, and his appearance was like the appearance of the angel of God, very awesome. I did not ask him where he was from, and he did not tell me his name. But he said to me, Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. So then drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb to the day of his death. And then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, please let this man of God whom you sent come again to, to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah. And the angel of God came again to the woman as she sat in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. So the woman ran quickly and told her husband, Behold, the man who came to me the other day has appeared to me. 
And Manoah arose and went after his wife and came to the man and said to him, Are you the man who spoke to this woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, Now, when your words come true, what is to be the child's manner of life and what is his mission? And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat of anything that comes from the vine, neither let her drink wine or strong drink or eat any unclean thing. All that I commanded her, let her observe. It's a marvelous text. And there is much in these 14 verses for our consideration. You have this this husband and wife, Manoah and his wife, and his wife is barren. She's unable to bear children. And yet, here she's met by the angel of the Lord who is God himself, God in Christ, probably a Christophany, who comes and tells this barren woman, you're going to have a child. Certainly not a piece of the narrative we've not heard before. It's certainly unusual, but as we're seeing it more and more in Scripture, is this not what what God said to to Abraham and Sarah? Is this not setting the, the foundation for ultimately what he's going to say when he visits a virgin? who, like a barren woman, is physically unable to have children. And yet God declares, you will bear a son. And so there's wonderful imagery here that God is using, both in the life of Israel, that this child, this miraculous child, who's going to be given to them by God Himself to be their deliverer, to deliver them from the Philistines, is is, is, uh, just a wonderful picture and a wonderful story But I want to draw our attention this morning because we're gathered for prayer to verse 8. To Manoah's prayer where he prays to God. O Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again to, to us and teach us what we are to do with the child who will be born. What's he praying for there? God has already visited this family and now he comes and cries out to God, revisit us. Come again. Come down again. We desire more of you. We desire a deeper walk with you. We want to be taught by you, God. We want to grow as you continue to teach us. You've informed us of truth of what's about to happen. Now tell us more. We want to walk with you. And Manoah's prayer for you and I this morning encourages our prayers to pray for more of the Lord, to pray for more of His visitation, more of His presence, more of His nearness, to lead us, to guide us, that we might fellowship with Him. And as we gather together for prayer this morning, isn't that why we're here? If you're here for any other reason, I want you to stay. (laughs) But if you're here for any other reason, you're going to be sorely disappointed this morning. Now, God can erase that disappointment and fill that void with himself. But we're here this morning to fellowship and commune with the living God. And a couple of things stand out about Manoah's prayer, not just his plea for more of God, but as he prays, his prayer is bathed in faith, meaning it's his wife who the angel of the Lord appeared to, who Christ appeared to. And yet when he goes and prays, revisit us, What's he saying? I believe it happened. I believe you're the God who appeared, who brought this this good news to us. And and, and I, I pray to you, I believe, come again. 
He prays in faith. He desires the Lord's nearness. This is all about the Lord. The Lord being able to supply and commune with the Lord in a way that nothing else can do. You know, as we gather together for prayer this morning, is that, is that why you're praying? Or are you only praying because it's 9.30 and the preacher says we're just devoting, I'd rather be doing something else. But we're, you know, this time set aside for prayer, therefore we pray. Beloved, we set this time aside because we desperately want you, God. We're thirst for you. And sure, there's a lot of things we could do in this time. But nothing could do what this time does. These things that we see in Manoah's prayer should be true in our prayer this morning. We pray together this morning in faith. You are the God who visits your people, who has visited your people. And prayer without fellowship with you, you know what we're doing in here? We're just talking. If, if we're not in each and every one of our prayers individually, whether you're praying out loud or whether you're listening and praying with that person, amening in your heart the things that are worthy of amening in that person's prayer, then all you're doing, all we're doing is just talking in this room. Talking to one another. Now, that's a waste of our time. But prayer that truly seeks God in fellowship and communion with Him, that's what Manoah is after. And that's what we're after. Fellowship with the living God. Fellowship with God in Christ Jesus. Samson is a unique figure in redemptive history. We certainly know a lot of the characteristics of Samson, his strength, his might. But Samson is a very unique and unrepeatable figure in redemptive history. Samson is a picture of the coming Christ. Samson, like so many of the others before him as a picture of the one true deliverer who's going to come and rescue God's people from their captor, our sin, from Satan's domain. And, and this event of Manoah's prayer for us this morning as we pray to seek more of the Lord, to seek more of Christ, ought to awaken us and remind us of the, the wonder of the Christ figure who is the ultimate fulfillment of Samson. He was the one born of a, can I use the word barren woman? Barren not in the sense that she could not have children, barren in the sense she was a virgin and shouldn't have had children. Christ is the one who's born of this woman who should not be. Christ is the one who came to live and to die, to deliver God's people from their enemies. 